the imagery that you're conjuring. I know. Well, even though you're trying not to. I it's... know, I know. I swear we're all over 25. We may not act like it, but chronologically. <laughs> yeah, chronologically, we are, in fact. This pre-recording will be part of our Church in Space Blue section. Yeah, right, right. Church in Space in dark. Yeah. <laughs> in the dark or something like right. that. Church in Space after dark. Mother... <laughs> Church in Space! Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space. In 3D! Uh, here we are. So today's topic is the Force. Is it a heretical religion that should be condemned forcefully by the Council of Nicaea? Or is it the truth and the way and everything like that? So, it is not the way. It is not the way. No. For multiple reasons yeah. why it is specifically not <laughs> yeah. the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jedis are technically a religious sect. To be a Jedi, you are technically, not to say like a pastor, but at the same time... No, you're a monk. You're a warrior yeah, monk, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Have you seen that thing on uh, some guys on the internet like to troll about how the, the Empire was right? You know, the Empire's actually the good guys in Star Wars mm-hmm. and, and how, you know, Star Wars is really the story of a teen radicalized by a strange religion <laughs> sent off to commit acts of terrorism. <laughs> it, it is. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> From a certain point of view. From a yeah. certain point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that actually does bring up a good point, though. Uh-huh. You know, the counterpoint to the Jedi, mm-hmm. the Sith. One, I want to wonder, what was the ultimate objective of the Sith? Mm-hmm. But two, they essentially worship the same, in quotes, God, right? Because mm-hmm. they both utilize the Force, and the Force is at the center yeah. of what they do. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're starkly different religions in every other aspect. Well, the Sith start out as a race yeah. on Korriban. And the Jedi, not to say, like, they rose up in retaliation to them, but they kind of did. And then the more and more that the Sith conquered, the more and more races joined the dark side. Mm -hmm. And therefore, now they just claim that they are all Sith. So Sith is a concept now, not a a species. I think their goal was power, right? Uh, You know, that's... Yeah, but ultimately, you know, once you have the Empire... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's in the entire galaxy. Right. Which empire? Any of them. Any, right. yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. But that's the point. You know, once you've yeah. expanded to the entire empire, to the entire galaxy, so what is the ultimate goal of the Sith? Then? I almost, I always interpret it almost as like a Nietzschean, like, will to power to have total domination for domination's sake. And that's yeah. it. Just, yeah. You just, yeah. You're on like, top. Like, the only it. way you can secure your well-being, if you will, mm-hmm. is by total domination. You know, that's kind of their, like, overall yeah. philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of how I've always understood it. Since that's the only way, like, there always must be... There can only be two. Well, and where did that come from, right? They start off as an entire race. I understand it in canon material. It starts off as they lose the war to the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And they lose it because they keep fighting amongst themselves. Because Because each one wants power. Yeah, because it's all will to power. And so, Mm -hmm. Darth, what's his name? Wasn't it Plagueis? No. It's way before that, actually. Although I like the idea of someone actually named Darth, what's his name? Yeah. Who has trouble (laughs) Um, attaining power because everyone laughs whenever he says his name. Darth, what's his name? Um, Power before Darth, what's his name? Yeah, in Futurama, when they have the the Sith War (laughs) reenactment. Right. I'm pretty sure that was one of them. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Anyway, whoever created it, his theory was... Since we always fight amongst each other, we can't do this like the Jedi do it, where you have this organization and there's only got to be two of us. There's the master to embody power and the trainee to embody lust for power. That's always the relationship 
between the two. Um, mm-hmm. There's more than that than you start getting like really confused. Yeah, yeah I mean, know? look at the Clone Wars when Azaj Ventress is thrown in there. Right. You've got General Grievous. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars, there was a lot more quote unquote Sith involved yeah mm-hmm. like and, count dooku and yeah exactly right. but they always start like fighting amongst each other and that's why they're supposed to be that yeah there's only two of them is because yeah. like their fatal flaws that they always get reduced to infighting amongst themselves yeah. and that's mm-hmm. i understand that comes from they lost the war to the jedi because the jedi were un- a united front mm-hmm. and the sith were like always in this civil war thing going on and so they said well there can only be two of us uh, didn't like mandalore help the jedi immensely if I remember right, the Sith completely destroyed Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's how there's only one city now. The rest of it's complete barren landscape. Yeah, right. All and that's... that's when the Mandalorians were more than a race. Yeah. They were, like, an empire. Right. And they're like, hmm, maybe we should help the Jedi. Right. Well, the Sith are bad news. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, all that's tied into, like, there could only be two of us because we fight too much. <laughs> yes. So now back to religion and philosophy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So does that mean necessarily that whoever the Sith master is, Mm -hmm. is automatically fatalistic because he or she knows that they will eventually be doomed and killed by their own Padawan? Or you just clone yourself? Right. Well, that's part of the, like, thing. Yeah, and isn't cloning yourself then a violation of the Sith tradition? Yeah. From what I understand of the canon materials, because I spent way too much time on Wikipedia and, you know, (laughs) from what I understand, Palpatine kind of thought he had reached a point where he could do away with that rule Uh. because he'd succeeded in refounding the Sith Empire. And so he thought, okay, I can do away with this rule. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to not train a whole race of Siths, but have pseudo-force users all over the place that aren't as nearly as well-trained as I am, but I'll still be able to use them to manipulate the Force. And mm-hmm. that's why they go on that great hunt for who's Force-sensitive in the universe mm-hmm. and things like that, is because he thinks he's reached the point where they don't need that rule anymore. They've succeeded in this grand plan they had to overthrow the Republic, so... And he himself can live forever. Right, Mm -hmm. and I can live forever, and so this rule doesn't make sense anymore. But it does kind of define the Darth Vader-Sidious relationship in the stuff that goes on between the movies and, like, all that stuff. Vader's always trying to, like, find his own apprentice to then go kill Sidious so that vader can replace and vader's always not quite succeeding that kind of defines the whole like relationship between the two of them that was the entire point of return of the jedi yeah this is exactly always his pitch to luke yes join me and we'll kill together we shall rule right he means it literally like we'll kill him i'll be emperor you'll be my apprentice Mm -hmm. and then there's star killer in there from the force unleashed yeah, Which right. is an awesome, awesome video game series. Right, right. You've got the Inquisitors in there, too. Right. Like that proves, like, that, hey, there's Force users, mm-hmm. but very, mm-hmm. very badly. Just enough to be able to, like, yeah. use a lightsaber and not cut your hand off and stuff like that. Yeah, but... you can throw the lightsaber, but you can't pick it up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can throw a lightsaber. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Right. What is the Force? You know, we're talking about is Sith and Jedi actually a religion? Mm-hmm. But then the Force, obviously, despite what Campus Crusade tried to tell me in 1977, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. the Force, therefore, can't actually be God because it doesn't seem to be sentient. It is like an energy source that the mortals manipulate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's described as like a field, right? I think yeah, that's how yeah. Obi-Wan describes that, that in episode yeah. binds four. binds us together. Right, together, right. It's almost closer to like... 
Like some Eastern religions have that concept of that kind of field of being that exists, mm. you know, and, and it's almost closer to that. Your chakra. Your yeah. Aura, yeah. Right, your aura. And so it's almost closer to that. It's very Manichaean. Nerd alert. Theology <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> you know, so Manichaeans no. believed in a very dualistic universe, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that good and evil were in perfect balance and they were fighting, right? And like... It was your job to choose the good and help good in the fight. It's very dualistic that way, right? It's very Manichaean. It's very, there's good and there's evil and they're equally balanced with Campus Crusade. You Mm -hmm. know, when they said that to you and they said, oh, God's the force. It's like, well, that's not true. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, because like the force, it greatly depends on how you draw in from it. Yeah. Like greatly Mm -hmm. determines whether it's good or bad. And good is, at least in a Christian system, like not in perfect balance with evil. In fact, the whole point is that like Satan's rebellions, the greatest Christian saints always say laugh at Satan, mm-hmm. you know, because his rebellion is actually futile. <laughs> you know, it's useless. It's, it's silly almost. You're fighting against the almighty, all-knowing God. And so, yeah, this is one of the bigger areas of disagreement where it's like, if it were a Christian force, you know, like mm-hmm. the good side would be so overwhelming of the evil, there wouldn't be this, oh, it's out of balance, or oh, yeah. it's this whole prophecy to return balance to the force, you know. Yeah, and like, you're right. Yeah. That's exactly what the prophecy is. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. This Jedi will come who will return balance. balance. Right. And it's like, well, So it's like the Sith will always exist. Right. Mm-hmm. Or but the, we just have to restore the balance of it. Right. And it's like, in a more Christian sense, I would say, like, no, like the good, this is Revelation's promise, right? That, like, the good side will consume the evil and remake all the world in its own image, you know, that the light side of the Force will remake all of existence, you know, in its own image. Yeah. Well, then that gets back into the big question. Could we really genuinely consider Jedi and Sith as religions? Yeah, they're religions because you're following a doctrine, which, by the way, we need to figure out those laws for the Force users. Yeah, yeah, but you're following a set of rules. Uh You can't have relationships. You must devote yourself to the Force. You must meditate, you know, control your emotions. Yeah, That's very much a religion. Like, you Mm -hmm. have these kind of more of a code, not a law, but right. a code you must adhere to to be a Jedi. Yeah. Like the Ten Commandments, you know, the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. you have this code that you are supposed to adhere to to technically be Christian. Yeah. One of my favorite theologians is Karl Barth. He's the guy who's the origin of that Christianity is not a religion idea, hmm. you know. Religion is a human enterprise in Barth's thinking, and religion is always about redoing the Tower of Babel, basically. You know, mm-hmm. that you're always trying to build yourself up to the divine, in some way, you know, you're mm-hmm. always trying to build that tower in some way. And so he says, like, when Christianity goes really wrong, it's falling into a religious trap. Uh-huh. It's, it's becoming religion. It's, it's building yourself up. Mm-hmm. And he says, what separates the gospel, you know, leave Christianity out of it, but what separates the gospel message is that God comes down to you and you can't and nor should you build yourself up, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think Bart would say, I can't believe I'm saying these words, but, you know, I think Bart would say, if Bart was looking at the Jedi, you know, he would say, yeah, it actually, it's like classically a religion, (laughs) you know, like now that's a problem for Bart. You're engaged in this enterprise to build yourself up to Mm -hmm. this thing you call the force. It will fail spectacularly Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it always does, but it is a religion kind of classically in that sense. You can see Lucas drawing incredibly heavy on monastic tradition, on right. Zen, yeah. you know, and other aspects of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. 
It's all very clearly there. Yeah. I even see some hints of Zoroastrianism in there. Well, Zoroastrian is also very dualistic, right? Yeah. You know, it's that same kind of dualistic, there's good and there's evil and they're equally balanced and mm-hmm. they're engaged in this war. Christianity messes up when it starts thinking of God and evil like that, you know, that it's dualistic and the outcome's not assured. Mm. This is the message of Easter, right? Like the outcome is assured at this point. Like we're waiting for the wrap up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're in we're in endgame. We're in like mm-hmm. 1945. We're yeah. waiting for final surrender here. Like that's where we're at at this moment. So hmm. Well, there's that topic. There's that yeah. topic. We settled it all. Right? Yes. Right. So Jedi is a religion. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Sith is a religion. Related, mm-hmm. but not the same. Related, but not the same. And then, okay, so here's my thing on the Force and the new trilogy. They almost had an interesting thing going. <laughs> <laughs> I love that phrase. Okay. Yeah. Almost had something interesting. Almost had an interesting thing going. Because there was this thing in episode seven, mm-hmm. right? The first new one. Force Awakens. Suddenly the force was shifting from this kind of like balanced, non-personal, non-sentient field Mm -hmm. into its almost its own character. And it was inhabiting Rey, and it had chosen this woman who was totally free in episode seven, we thought this, from this like Skywalker dynasty that for the last 60 or so years had totally governed the force. <laughs> right. <laughs> Destroyed millions and billions and billions, billions of lives right. just and, because I want power. Right. Or well, my, and even, I'm angry at my dad, so I'm going to you know blow stuff up. Right. <laughs> and even beyond that, for the last 60 years, like the force has really been, it's been very dynastic, right? Yeah. It was these dynasties of people. And a lot of people did just call it the Skywalker saga. Right, the mm-hmm. Skywalker saga. And so there was this really cool thing where Rey was this unknown Random person, she knew how to do things she had no training in, versus the guy who is the scion of the dynasty, you know, and Adam Driver, Mm -hmm. right? That was a cool conflict. Will the Force actually succeed in its desire to be its own agent in the universe versus Rey? And that's why I really like episode seven. And I really like the move they did in eight where they said, you're nobody. <laughs> you know, your parents were water sellers mm-hmm. and they traded you to get off world. I wanted them to go with that line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because that would have been this really cool storyline of, yeah. will the force be unshackled finally from this family or will it be continually bound to the Skywalker dynasty? Yeah. You know, and for whatever reason. And and then they messed it all up in the episode. You know, not that, again, episode nine was fine. But... It could have been more interesting, <laughs> you know, and I would have been far more interested in that yeah. kind of plot arc that they almost had going. Yeah, I'm going to kind of consider 7, 8, and 9 as Star Wars version of the Kelvin timeline. Okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. And wait to see... What Kelvin... Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. what, what they do. What they do now. Yeah. yeah. Their next move. Now that the Mandalorian has shown, mm-hmm. they can do far more. Yeah. And I really... Don't get me wrong. I actually watched all those movies and I thought it was worth the money I paid for to see them in theaters, you know, but there was this. <laughs> theaters? This, what are the theaters? I know, right? It's like, what's the other? <laughs> these things of which you speak. <laughs> I know. We learned today that Drew's of a, just a slightly different generation than I <laughs> because Drew didn't know what Homestar Runner was. <laughs> so I still go to theaters, folks. Sorry. <laughs> As in the ancient of days. Oh, the ancient mm-hmm. of days, right. They're good. They're dying, and that's okay. Um, yes. I hear people moan about theaters dying, and I'm like, guys, 
My it's just a place with a big screen. Right. right. Like throw a sheet up on your wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that's what I loved about it. I didn't like the social aspect. In fact, uh-huh. the social aspect drove me crazy. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you had a talker over here, somebody coughing up a storm over mm-hmm. here. Yeah. What I liked was it being in this massive room with this ginormous screen that filled my entire right. field mm-hmm. of vision. Right. With surround sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I could get completely absorbed by the movie. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about theaters. Right. And at home, you don't get that. You know, the phone rings, the doorbell goes, the blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But. Ads in the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I could recreate the theater experience at home, mm-hmm. oh, I'd be happy. Yeah. 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 Right before Disney bought out Star Wars, mm-hmm. they re-released Phantom Menace in the theaters in 3D yeah. because they could. I remember thinking of them like, this is really dumb. I've yeah. seen this movie way too many times. <laughs> the only reason why is now it's in 3D and we don't have a 3D you right. know, TV yeah. at home. That's the only reason why I'm going to see this movie. My dad had a business partner once who was really wealthy and he had this home movie room, basically. And, mm-hmm. You know, the, the television was 15 by 25 feet. You know, that Ooh, was the wow. screen, right? Huge. Yeah. And he had surround sound, everything. And on top of all that, just because he was really wealthy and had more money than he knew what to do with, had rigged the floor to move with the sound. Uh, <laughs> My dad said they showed him the takeoff of the Apollo 13 rocket. And it was, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, I'm jealous of that. Right. Yeah. The only thing you need to add is sense surround. Smell whatever's going on on screen. (laughs) Yes. And we're in like Ready Player One territory. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Smell a vision. Yep. 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 Anyway, that's my thing on the force. And it's like they almost had it. They Mm -hmm. almost had an interesting story. They did. I mean, I'm like you. I enjoyed it in the theaters. But thinking about it afterwards and how everything fit in Mm -hmm. the Skywalker saga, Mm -hmm. that's where I thought, you know, from a writing standpoint, they could have done much, much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it's only now, half hour into our question about whether the force is a religion, mm-hmm. I'm remembering that mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, Britain, just like our census, they do these mm-hmm. annual surveys of the population, and they include religion in their question. Yeah. In that survey, and I can't remember the exact rank, mm-hmm. but I think Jedi was number four or five, the yeah. fourth or fifth most popular claimed religion in the United Kingdom oh, survey. Geez. You would think for a fictional religion, mm-hmm. it would be like 37. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, aside from the fact that the will to dominate part of the Sith thing is like wrong, yeah. their original pitch is actually better than the Jedi's <laughs> like original pitch. <laughs> so they're better at marketing. Yeah. Okay, the whole Jedi's thing is like, is stop being human. Like, they want you to stop being a living creature. Yeah, know? they want mm-hmm. you to be more Vulcan than anything. Yeah, yeah, right. Be a peacekeeper, not anyone that could instigate anything ever. Yeah. Right. Well, right. That, right. Quell so, all emotion. Quell mm-hmm. all emotion. You know, don't form any attachments. Be a robot. Right. Be a robot. And, like, Anakin has a point in the prequel trilogy when Padme asks him about it. And she's like, well, I'd say in a certain sense we're supposed to form attachments. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, like, actually attachments are the only reason that you care about things, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're, you're attached to your family, you know? And and so it seems good as you're watching it in the theaters because Alec Guinness is a better actor, you know, Uh but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it seems good. The more you, I thought about it, you know, the more I always think about it, I'm like, 
there's a reason the Jedi keep losing to the Sith here. You know, like I think the, the, the Sith have a better pitch. That's true. Come to the dark yeah. side. We have cookies. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we let you like. Yes, right. You like cookies. Yeah. Here are some cookies. You know, yeah. like beyond like we have cookies. Like you're allowed to like the cookies. Yeah, I feel like know? if be uh, like if you're a Jedi. Oh, here's some vegan cookies. Right. <laughs> that are bland because you can't yes. form any attachment to anything. Yes. You know, like. Cookies with no sugar. Right. No flavor. Right. No flavor. But they're good for you. But they're mm-hmm. good for you. And you you won't form any attachments to them. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, because they suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It's like, yeah. you know, the emperor himself mm-hmm. in the initial trilogy. Mm-hmm. Every time Luke gets hyper emotional, the emperor's like, yes, I can feel it. He's gorging on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the energy right. that Luke's emotions create in the force. Right. So, yeah, of course. Right. Love, love passionately, you know. Right. Get mad, evilly. Uh, right. You know? And like that part's bad. And I mean, this is part of the whole prequel trilogy that Lucas was trying to do. And because he's not a great writer, he couldn't quite pull it off. But he's trying to pitch it as like this fight between these stagnant orthodoxies mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like Anakin gets trapped in. Yeah, like that's definitely part of it. But it's like just looking at the people who say, oh, I'm Jedi. It's like, really? You think. You know, you think non-attachment in life is, like, the way to go. I think what they think is, oh, I want to be the good guy. But, like, non-attachment is the way, you know. It's like, I, I want you to be attached. I, mm-hmm. You know, I want you to be attached to the world and to your yeah. family and stuff like that. Well, yeah, it kind of gets back to shifting gears, the whole dynamic between Superman and Batman. Yeah. Mm. Superman wants to have relationships, wants attachments, but he can only do it in his alter ego. Mm-hmm. Batman feels that to do his job, he yeah. can have no attachments. Right. Mm-hmm. That even plays out then into his alter ego as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. who is a billionaire playboy. Right. And what's that, the mark of him as a billionaire playboy? He forms no attachments. Right. One night stands, flirts, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. but doesn't really bond with anybody. You get that same kind of dynamic. Batman's the dark knight. Mm-hmm. He's always just on the edge of evil. Right. Mm. Superman right. is the Boy Scout. He's right. always purely good. Yeah. Usually. Well, yeah, unless there's like red kryptonite involved or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or he's died and just come back and his memory hasn't rebooted. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. That only happens every seven to 10 years when DC decides to reboot their entire universe. Yeah. That, with Marvel, that's what, every three to four now? Yeah. Yeah. No, three or four months almost. It Jeez, seems like. Yeah. <laughs> We've had three issues. Let's radically change everything. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that's kind of disappointing because actually, like, Marvel used to be known as the one that didn't reboot the universe at all. That was the big separator was that Marvel, like, actually didn't reboot their universes. Yeah. They always figured out if there was going to be a radical change, they figured out how to make it work in the continuum. In Mm -hmm. the continuum. And DC had to reboot it because they'd been around for so long, you know, Mm -hmm. that... They rebooted it frequently. That's why I, I liked Marvel at first yeah. better than DC. It was because there wasn't that canon disagreement kind of thing going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, I was just trying to explain the background mm-hmm. of uh, WandaVision, mm-hmm. you know, and the Scarlet Witch to my wife. Mm-hmm. And every sentence that would come out about Wanda Maximoff's background would be like, no, wait, that was in the old Marvel universe. I think yeah. now. <clears throat> right. You know? Yeah. Right. I think now it's the damage that you. Yeah. And the pity is the old universe stuff uh-huh. was much deeper, much more complex, much more layered. Yes. The Marvel heroes that they've done that kind of massive backstory rebooting on, they're, mm-hmm. they're not as interesting now. No. Oh, right. Because they've tried to match yeah. them to the movies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, now Tony Stark has literally himself rebooted himself as a robot. 
put his consciousness into a computer way too many times to count things like that or you know steve rogers magically loses his powers but then gets it back Mm. it's just like why yeah yeah you've got an icon there are icons for a reason Mm-hmm. So don't mess with the icon. But if you want to do that, mm-hmm. that's when you create a new character. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. it keeps it interesting that mm-hmm. way. I mean, look at Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. That was what, in the late 2000s, right? That they, they did uh, Camilla Khan? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's a good character. Like, mm-hmm. look at now the Young Avengers, the new Nova, like the Vision's daughter, I think it is, on the team, like the champions mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. where it's like actual new characters. Mm-hmm building new relationships with each other mm-hmm. instead of, oh, hey, by the way, it's the Avengers again. Right. But we it's, recreated the backstory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. On that note of like Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. the way Marvel handled that mm-hmm. was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, the original Captain Marvel. Marvel. Marvel, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. He gets cancer. Yeah, why? Mm-hmm. He's popping around the universe, getting exposed to all kinds of radiation. Mm-hmm. So he dies of cancer. Mm-hmm. And he passes the torch on to Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she gets the power. And that was a great way to reinvent without disrupting the whole continuity. Mm-hmm. Right. And as a result, I was just as addicted to Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel as I was to Marvel as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And that was well done. By the way, did you see Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi? No, I haven't seen Shang-Chi oh, yet. Man. I still want to. You need to see it so that we can have an episode about Shang-Chi. No. Why do you say it like a No. <laughs> Because it's in theaters and I don't have time to sit in a theater. And they're generally um, not open when I can go and uh, see them. That's good. Uh, that's good yeah. yeah. Also, hockey's on. True. There's off nights. That's true. Like, if, if uh, on an off night, I can watch it. Yeah. It's fine. Excuse me. There's only like a two-week window when there's not hockey season. That's just at this church. There's a difference. difference. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it's hockey season and then the red seasons because the Cubs are going to stink for a while. And then um, Buckeye slash hockey. Like, that's it. Dang. Yeah. All I know is I look forward so much to the OSU-Michigan game because that's when I go out. That's when I can go to the theater and have it all to myself. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about football. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, hockey stuff. But it doesn't seem to drain the populace from other activities the way the OSU-Michigan game does. Well, because that's a religion, too. (laughs) Let's be real about it. As we say that the Force and Jedi are a religion, Ohio State, specifically football, is a religion. Yeah. Think about it. Every Saturday you go to church, whether it's at 12, 3.30, or 7, you have to go. If you don't, you know, there are dire consequences. Weddings are put off because of the Sabbath. Wow. There's liturgical responses, O-H. I-O. Right. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And I can do that anywhere. And guys, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so like, but even I know the liturgical responses. (laughs) There are hymns involved, you know, Hang On Sloopy, you know, the alma mater, things like that. So yes, Ohio State football is a religion. Prove me wrong. No, it's a good argument. So the fact that I completely see Ohio State football as a waste of time, does that make me a heretic or a blasphemer? That makes you smart. Right. <laughs> I was about to say, technically, according to the first commandment, it makes you a follower of the Lord your God. <laughs> the rest of us are the sinners. <laughs> what, your God isn't named Ryan Day? Uh, what? No, no, Ryan Day's the prophet. <laughs> no, it really is. Oh. It, it, it's got its own code of conduct. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, yeah, right, absolutely. Also, I know a great way that we can improve church. Uh-huh. Tailgates before service uh, would, I mean, especially since we're Lutherans and we have this whole potluck uh-huh. idea, 
why don't we do more tailgates before service? I think that would make everything so much better. Yeah, except then you have a bunch of drunk Lutherans. In the no, 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 you can't. Have, no, it's it's alcohol. No it's got to be completely so you sober. Mean like a breakfast potluck before. Yes, worship. absolutely. Okay. Wouldn't an alcohol-free potluck kind of go against Martin Luther's philosophies? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think he would object to showing up drunk <laughs> to, 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 to the holy service. <laughs> so afterwards, yeah, okay. well, yeah. even that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of things I'd like to try here that I was hoping to do, then COVID happened. But like, uh, I have some colleagues who are going to roll their eyes at me for saying this, but but like, there's this whole idea called dinner church, you know, which is like that the worship service actually happens at a meal, mm-hmm. you know. Like it used to. In many ways, like it used to, you know. And I, I think, you know, we've been talking here about like alternate worship services and alternate worship experiences yeah. and that kind of thing. And I think there's something to having that be it, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, something like that. And so, yeah, I think there's something to your idea that, you know, like a breakfast before worship would probably bring more people, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. And when people are eating, they're more attentive. Right. Something to that, definitely. Can you do breakfast with jello molds? Sure. Okay. You can do anything with jello molds. Oh, the look Drew is giving me right now. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Drew. I find Jello to be one of the most revolting substances human society has ever created. Yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> it moves yes. under its own. And power. ultimately, that was my point. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it moves under its own power. It's gross. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's just like, what are you going to put in a Jello mold, Dan? Are you putting the cross in Jello? Are you making the a cross Jello itself? I don't know, but Lutherans are known for casseroles and Jello mold things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like Green I don't know Jell-O. for breakfast aspic. I right. guess, which is even grosser than regular Jello. Off-brand Jello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am convinced that whoever came up with the original concept uh-huh. for Steve McQueen's breakout film, The Blob, had been subjected to Lutheran potlucks right. and all the Jello mm-hmm. therein served. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On that note, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a game. So oh. we'll conclude with our game. Okay, so what would your the color of your lightsaber be? Definitely Luke Skywalker's blue. Luke Skywalker's blue. Okay, Bef- the original. Yeah, like before all of the remasters. Uh-huh. 1999 version, Luke Skywalker's blue. That classic. Yes, okay. like the cyanish kind of, yeah. not super dark blue, like TARDIS blue, uh-huh. but that really light blue that you could definitely see in the headlight uh-huh. that would just, boom, it's there. Right. Not like the green or the purple, because, mm. you know, the purple is reserved for only one person yeah. ever. Thanks, Wendu. Why blue? I just found Luke from New Hope. Mm-hmm. That character I connected way more with. Hey, I'm just going to go out and do my own thing. Even with the loss of my mentor, I found this group of friends, and we're going to go out and get this goal accomplished. Hmm. I connected with that character, not like, oh, now I have to go and find another master and go reconnect with my father. No, like the very focused, concentrated, this is the only thing. This was the one movie. It never was supposed to be more. Mm -hmm. That version of Luke Skywalker. That's why his lightsaber from episode four before the remasters is my color choice. I like that. I like that. What about you, Pastor Uh, Darth Maul dual-bladed red. That was one of the sweetest things. If there was like 
a choose your Jedi like job fair and like <laughs> and like all they had was like showing off their lightsabers. I w- I would have been like I don't care what this group's about. <laughs> I want that lightsaber. Yeah, I want that one. So in Kodor, you're definitely a Jedi guardian, right? Oh, Those yeah, are the ones absolutely. with the dual. Okay, yeah, got it. Absolutely, got it. Okay. Right, right. Oh no, that's the only thing you play in that, in that game. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll do the du- like the dual wielding lightsabers in Kodor too. That's fun too. Like when Ahsoka did it, the backwards one too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, just. Duel of the Fates is going on, like in the <laughs> background, as like as Darth Maul opens up, and you're like, "That's a weirdly shaped lightsaber." And like the one end goes, you're like, "Okay," and then like, psh, you're like, ah! "Yes, <laughs> like they're all gonna die." Two lightsabers yeah. in one. You're right, <laughs> like it was the sweetest thing. <laughs> I'm just imagining it's buy one get one free. Right. You get one lightsaber, and on the other end, there's another lightsaber. Right, right. But wait, uh, there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I mean, it was just. I would totally kill myself with it, but it would be worth <laughs> <Yes>. dying. Like, <laughs> slice myself in half, but it would look sweet the whole time. Yes. And it would be great. Okay. I've been waiting for this question to come around because I have the most awesome so answer of all. So hold on that thought just one second. What? I'm sorry, folks. So we've got an emergency. We kind of got to wrap this up right now, and I'm actually being serious here. So... We really do actually have to wrap this up. I'm sorry. We'll get to Dan in a future episode. Promise we'll keep him locked in a closet until he can record again. Thank you, folks. This has been Church in Space. In In 3D. We got that. Yes. Dan, did you remember the Kyber Crystals? Oh, I'll bring them next week. Got it.